This is Main Street on Prairie Public. I'm Ashley Thornburg. Coming up in the second half of today's show, it's Main Street Eats with Sue Balcom. But we are going to start today with philosopher Dr. Jack Russell Weinstein. He is a professor at the University of North Dakota, and he joins us once a month for a segment called Philosophical Currents. Jack, thanks for joining us today. Oh, I'm happy to be here, Ashley, but I have to admit, I keep thinking about that video you sent me. So so while I'm in a good mood, there's this there's this part of me that's deep in existential oh, angst. Boy. Wait. So you're Jack? Yeah, well there's a right right. Don't don't reveal the punchline until the show's over. Okay, so this video that I sent you and uh I, I will start by saying that I love my husband very much, and I find him to be a very deeply grounding and patient person and, and a wonderful force in my life. But I will admit that a lot of his hobbies make no sense to me. <laughs> and I love that he has hobbies independent of me, uh, and I do a lot of weird things too. The difference is I have a lot of friends who do the same weird things and we get together and talk. And my husband likes to tell me about some of his hobbies that don't really interest me. Uh, And so I sent this video to Jack uh, just to talk about what it feels like sometimes. According to studies, many men say they have no close friendships. And three in four report receiving all their emotional support from their wife or girlfriend, often the moment they come home from work. Hi, how are you? I miss you. Am I balding? Dune? Okay, cool. Hi, honey. Vin Diesel has a twin brother. (sighs) Oh, honey. When I walk in the door, my husband sort of rockets information at me for 25 minutes straight. On a football team, there's 11 players, but with rugby, there's 15. And all the words come out fast and in the wrong order because he hasn't spoken to anyone else that day. I need you to go out of the house and make a friend so you talk to other people about this stuff and not just me. That's insane. Where would I even go? (laughs) Okay, and we're going to cut it off there because I don't want to give away too much of the sketch. That sketch, though, uh, is called Man Park, uh, and you can find it on Google. It's a SNL sketch that came out a few months ago. Uh, And I have just been thinking about this a lot as my husband has reconnected with his hobby of collecting baseball cards, and I've looked at a lot of what appears to me to be the same thing over and over and over. I, I, don't, I don't mean to laugh, but, you know, it's it's I, I, I get it. I mean, I don't, I don't get the baseball card thing, but but, you know, I regard myself as a fairly extroverted person and I have many quote unquote friends, but all the hobbies I do, they're by myself. I take long bike rides. I run, you know, I I listen to music and it's almost entirely antisocial, which is which is very different from how I would describe my personality and how other people would describe hmm. their personality. And clearly it's gendered because when I have free time, I do these things. But when Kim has free time, she calls friends, she has tea, she has a regular uh uh, you know, Zoom tea time with her friend who's in her department. Right? You know, so so you know, we see but, people sometimes yeah. in person, sometimes yeah. not in person. But the fact is, it's community. That's right, and 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 it is shocking to discover, uh, for those who haven't really paid attention to this sort of thing, that men really don't have communities, that men really don't have friends, that married men especially mm. end up 
just by themselves and really having no one to talk to about their deepest emotions, uh, I actually sent my therapist uh, a Reddit thread from uh, when I saw it about this long thread of men complaining how people don't take their emotions seriously and how when they're sick, people tell them just to get over it. And this, this sense, not, you know, not that men aren't important, not that men don't have male privilege, not that, that any of that stuff goes away, but that the internal life of men is disregarded both mm-hmm. by the men themselves and by the people in their lives. Yeah, this kind of realization that the one advantage that women do seem to have is we are allowed to be emotional. We're often criticized for being that, and that's been the basis for a lot of um, un seemingly unjustifiable behaviors to just say we're too emotional. But there is this idea that it is at least a whole person approach and that maybe the men haven't really been able to express that the same way. Think about virtually every, you know, uber masculine hero in the movies, you know, uh, John Wayne, James Bond, you know, they always find the person that they're deeply in love with but then walk away at the end. And on the rare occasion that they don't walk away, she dies, right? She's killed by the bad guys, right? It's like, um, you know, it's, it's inevitable. And so all of the models that we have of masculinity expect us to be fully autonomous, expect us to be uh, emotionally contained. And the sense that if we express those emotions, we not only can't take care of the people we love, but are actually literally putting the people we love in danger, we get those messages from the earliest moments. I have to, I have to tell you a story. One of the, one of the moments in my life that I have ruminated on and, and makes me still furious. Uh, Adina had just been born. You know, she'd been like, she's like two, three days old and we're carrying her around in the, in the carrier. And we go to a, a shop in Grand Forks to get a, a baby blanket. And, uh, uh, the woman's like, oh, a newborn, huh? blah, blah, blah. And, and we said, um, uh, you know, yeah, and she's, uh, her name's Adina and blah, blah. And the woman said, and this is almost an exact quote. Hmm. She said, oh, that's a girl. That's, that's too bad. There's <gasps> so much work. I have four boys and all I have to do is make sure that they're fed and let them run around like cattle and they're fine. Wow. And, <laughs> you know, independent of telling a new parent you know it's too bad their kid is their kid right i mean let's let's forget that part uh... (laughs) um this idea that you know all boys need to do is eat and run around you know from she's two days old right Mm -hmm. and and so from the very beginning this is just ever present and it's it's it is a burden and it is a real serious problem for male mental health yeah, what are some of the ways that you see reflected, maybe let's make this more societal here, uh, that could be symptomatic of just, you know, unaddressed humanness that, that comes along with being the man? <laughs> well, the most obvious uh, 
answer is men fight a lot more, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, and, and there's the there's the joke about men's fighting. Right. If you when you when you talk to people about your kids growing up and you talk about uh, girls fighting and boys fighting, the, the, the sort of the legend, which is I think has a lot of truth in it, is girls fight over the long haul. They're bitter. They're you know, they don't physically fight. But but, you know, these things last for it's a long a time. And even if you've been friends for 20 years, you bring up stuff from 15 years ago. But that the second the boys start punching it out, then they're fine and they can go play, right? If we if we diagnose what's happening there is the fighting is the only catharsis that the boys have. The fighting is the only way that the boys can express, I'm angry, I'm jealous, I'm nervous, I'm insecure, uh, you know, I'm in competition with you. If the only way that we can do it is fighting, then the fighting is the solution. But of course, it's not the solution. So most bar fights, you know, most yelling at people on the street. This is when, when your emotions get trapped like this uh, and you can only expel it physically. That's super dangerous for society. It's it's dangerous for spouses. If the if the partner doesn't know how to uh, communicate um their needs, then they'll end up hitting the spouse or brooding or, or feeling alone. I mean, I'll tell you, and this is a little personal, but I'll tell you that, that I had a, my first therapist here in Grand Forks, who I saw for 10 years, quite a few of the, of the, of the first years was me learning the word disappointed mm-hmm. <laughs> um, because I had this natural tendency towards anger. I had a rough childhood and blah, blah, you know, whatever. But, but when something would go wrong, I would, I would, get angry and so eventually i learned the phrase well i'm disappointed and it was such a liberate it was so liberating to me to be able to say i'm disappointed i'm sad because this didn't work out instead of i'm angry that just you know i mean my my emotional range was doubled right you know but but <laughs> but you're allowed know, to have two yeah right right but but and, and and i mean i mean this is you know I can laugh about it now, yeah. and I'd like to think that I, I, I have a pretty strong emotional vocabulary. But, but honestly, that is that was a true watershed moment in my life to be able to say I'm disappointed and channel a different set of emotions that weren't antisocial, that weren't divisive, mm-hmm. that allowed me to communicate with other people, and that provided uh, a means towards a solution as opposed to just an explosion. Mm. Well. I, I'll admit something that I do have one male friend who seems very in touch with what we'd call the feminine side. And he, he and I can have, you know, long conversations and he, and he talks a lot about, you know, pain and emotion and channeling these things and, and this need for connection. And I have caught myself sometimes thinking, man up, or even (laughs) saying to my husband afterwards, I'm glad you're so stable. Do yeah, there's this... are women doing this to men? Oh yes. I mean, you know, women aren't only doing it to men, right? Men are doing it to men too. I'm a society, mm-hmm. right? I mean, this this is one of those things that you can't point to any individual person. I mean, you know, I suppose, right, you can tell individual stories about your parents and your friends, but but this is this is cultural and when people do things like that, it's not because it's because subconsciously they're enforcing the cultural norms. You know, my closest friends uh, and certainly the people that I have the most intimate conversations with are all women. I mean, I've talked about my best friend, Gail, on the show forever. Right. Mm-hmm. And she was by, I was 14 and she was 13 when we met. And I talked to her and then I have a, a friend, Sierra, who I talked to and um, and and 
there's just, you know, when I want to talk about emotional stuff, even stuff about my marriage, I will, if I'm not talking to my therapist, I will talk to the women much more than the men. Some of that is because the guys I know when they go out and do things, they watch sports and I am not a sports watcher and they go fishing and I am not a fishing person and they don't <laughs> invite me by your choice of words. Fair enough. <laughs> yes. You know, right. So <laughs> revealed again. Um, so, you know, it's, it, it's easy to be on the radio when you're this transparent. Um, so, but, but, you know, and they don't invite me to these things, but they don't invite me to these things because they know I'm not interested. Right. It's not that mm. they exclude me. And so if all communication is revolved around it, and this is one of the this is one of the big differences, I think, between men and women in this culture, when women communicate, they are together to communicate. You know, they'll have tea, they'll they'll have a walk, they'll they'll do something minor, but they'll commun they'll use it as, you know, that's the vehicle for communication. But men, when they communicate, can only communicate sort of in and on the sidelines to continue the metaphor okay. uh you know <laughs> while they're watching football you know while they're fishing while they're doing other things and and so if you are in a position to talk about these things uh it's only in between the lines and it's only in between cheering or complaining about other things. You know, the most intimate thing uh, that a male has said to me really about my own life since in the, in the 20 years that I've been here is my, my friend, Paul, when he found out uh, Kim was pregnant and that we were going to have Adina, he stopped by my office. He offered to take me out, you know, for a cup of coffee, just let's go walk and get a cup of coffee. It was a to go coffee. And, and he said, you know, no one ever tells you how much fun having a kid is. You know, you're going to be scared. Everyone tells you the hard things. But what they don't tell you is that it's just fun all of the time. And, you know, I remember that. And Adina's 16 years old, <laughs> right? You know, I remember that vividly because it was one of the few moments in my adult male life where a man unsolicited found me to tell me an emotional thing that was important to me and it was well-framed <laughs> efficient right and did the job and then we moved on right mm -hmm. and that's you know that's a good male conversation right there you know that's 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 a paradigm you know uber platonic form to <laughs> turn into a philosopher of, of of a of a male conversation and so <laughs> is that how is, philosophers you know, say bromance <laughs> yeah right. well see and that's the thing right right what is a bromance a bromance is the term that people use to to uh, to acknowledge affection between men with the caveat that they're not gay Right. Mm. So that very word is recognizing that the moment men have emotions, you are I'll, I'll use this phrase challenging their masculinity. But I don't want to say that homosexuality isn't masculine. Right. So. Yeah. So. But but the sort of traditional notions. Right. What does a bromance mean? Right. The, the Internet. I, I, I feel really bad saying this on the air, but the Internet has this this phrase joke that, you know, no homo. Right. You know, you, you, you hug a guy, you kiss a guy, you say no homo. It doesn't count. Bromance is just a way of saying no homo. Bromance is, is just a, a way of saying, uh, you know, Oh, this person expressed something intimate. This man expressed something intimate to another man. But don't worry, they're not gay. It's mm -hmm. just a bromance. It's not a romance. And, and then 
to complicate things even more, we have this new idea in the last five, 10 years called an emotional affair, right? Where, you know, lots of people mm, yeah. feel that there's this whole sense that, you know, okay, affair isn't just physical anymore. It's not just sex anymore. If you have someone of the opposite sex or the same sex who isn't your main partner, who you, who you, uh, talk deep things about that's a risk to your relationship now no one would ever suggest that kim is having my wife is having an emotional affair with her friend that she has the the zoom call with every mm. every week or or, but or her friend person was right. a man maybe oh, but but the, and they wouldn't accuse her of having the emotional affair mm. she'd accuse him of okay. having the emotional affair right because for women it's natural right and so the, the again the sort of the cultural image of the woman talking about her feelings and the man rolling his eyes or playing with the remote control or saying okay honey uh, but once the commercial's over you have to stop talking right um this the, it, it again right i it's not i don't want it to be a co competition and there's a great moment towards the end of the video that sort of acknowledges the competitive moment of it mm -hmm. but um but it is that there's the, just this deep sense that, you know, manning up means containing your feelings, containing your emotions. And that's profoundly dangerous. And because people think of it as emotions, because people, you know, I think, well, when we're talking about men this way, we're implicitly saying that women's lives aren't as hard or that the other issues with women, you know, aren't as important. Uh, that, that, that there's a, almost a guilt or an accusation to have these conversations. But as, as I can't remember who, who used this phrase uh, to me recently, but um, we can chew gum and walk at the same time, right? <laughs> we can talk about men and women at the same time. And, and part of the relationship and problems that people have and the competitiveness mm -hmm. that people have is the fact that we think of these things as competition rather than as, 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 a conspiracy, so to speak, you know, that, that they're feeding off of one another. Is the broader implication of this whole conversation, though, still that we tend to value the masculine and diminish the feminine, that we are OK with, you know, women having very masculine professions and wearing pants, et cetera, as a society. But we are still struggling with men having an emotional self. I think we value the masculine in men and we value the feminine in women because there are still a lot of people. I, I, I think you may have overstated the, so, the social acceptance of, of women in strong professions because, of course, <laughs> many people know that, you know, if, 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 if the pretty teen girl gets a super short haircut, right, she gets, um, you know, she gets abused, she gets yelled at, she gets laughed at, she gets called a boy, she gets called slurs for lesbian, Uh there is this sense among many people that that what you want is femininity that what and what femininity means is kind of softness a kind of within this profession or within that profession you know yes we start saying firefighter instead of fireman but it's still there's still this sense of suspicion right well okay she is a firefighter but can she really lift a 200 pound man over her shoulder can she really climb that fence you know and 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 that's all part and parcel of these really binary gender roles. Now, this is a whole other conversation, probably a conversation we should have on, on, on philosophical currents, but 
part of what's happening in the current generation with this questioning of gender and this questioning of binaries and 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 people who identify as non-binary, not male or not female or a little of both or whatever, a lot of that is about the social construction of gender. And, you know, you're a 15-year-old girl or you're a 15-year-old boy and you have these masculine and feminine qualities now all of a sudden society is telling you you can't call yourself a girl anymore you can't call yourself a boy anymore so in order to have elements of both you have to be non-binary and mm. that is you know and i'm not saying that people aren't non-binary and i'm not in any way questioning you know trans rights or anything like that i'm just saying that this is to a large extent a response to the radical nature of the bifurcation between the, the the sexes as well as the genders and this and you know if everyone tells you to stay in your lane and you don't fit in either lanes you know you ride on the berm right you know you ride on the line and and that's part of what the conversation about gender is now but it's not being acknowledged because you know people are talking about what bathroom to use right and and so the the, the accusation is not about the cause or the problem or the real emotional life. It's about, you know, whatever people want to use to control political audiences. So I, I think that ultimately in its most simplest form, masculinity is valued in men, femininity is valued in, in, in women. And it takes a very particular kind of person and a very particular kind of community to step outside those lines other than the acceptable sort of variations uh, in, in, in Lincoln Park uh, in Grand Forks near where I live uh, there's a Frisbee golf course and virtually you know they're either there are two kinds of groups that play Frisbee golf there's two guys who play Frisbee golf and then there's a group of three or four guys and one woman and it's almost always it looks like one of the guy's girlfriends, right? Mm -hmm. And this is the girl who will say, oh, most of my friends are guys. You know, I like men better. I don't I'm not a girly girl. I don't you know, I, I don't like to do those things. Now, unpack all of that, right? Unpack all of the the the, the self-hatred mm -hmm. that, that women are taught about, you know, you know, you're you're a woman, but you shouldn't be overly feminine. But at the same time, we condemn you if you're not feminine enough. I mean. There's a lot for women to navigate, too. But when we're talking about emotional lives, for men, the burden is, is destructive in all senses of the term. It eats away at you, it, it, and it makes you feel like your emotional needs are, you know, um, are irrelevant. And when you need help it makes it feel irrelevant. There's a, there's a way back, I'm, I'm revealing my age here, but there was a, a movie called City Slickers in the 1980s and um, about three guy friends who go on, you know, a sort of a cowboy adventure to, re mm -hmm. to find their happiness. And in one of the early scenes, the wife is talking to Billy Crystal, who's, who's the lead, and she says, I know men, if they're not happy here, and they, she points to her heart, she, uh, his heart, the heart, uh, they're going to find happiness here. And she points to his groin, mm. right? And the idea is this emotional unhappiness is going to lead to sexual infidelity. And that's, of course, right? You know, James Bond is supposed to find happiness in an endless uh, chain of very quick, you know, hookups with attractive women. And when he finally, every, you know, seven films finds someone he can 
connect with, well, then she doesn't last very long. Uh, and that, you know, again, it's just like it, it, it's it's tremendously destructive for men's mental health and for the relationships that they find themselves in. Philosopher Dr. Jack Russell Weinstein, thanks so much for joining us today. Oh, it's my pleasure. Still to come on Main Street, a natural North Dakota essay, and Sue Balcom introduces us to a flower farmer. But first, this news.